Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Listener, and welcome to the 2021 Chris Lockhart Christmas Special. I am your host of this Christmas special. My name is Chris Lockhart, and uh, we're you know this this episode's uh, going to be a little bit different than what we normally do in the Pop Culture Pub. It's going to be recorded in segments. So the first segment, I have the crew of the Trek 171 podcast with me. Uh, so I'm going to go around the table. First up, I have Curtis Holloway. How's it going, Curtis? Better now that my computer works. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Richard Zabo. How's it going, Richard? Oh, you know, a little bit under the weather, but I'm uh, I'm trekking along, doing great. Looking at a good time here tonight with you guys. Excellent. Uh, and last but not least, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's going all right, and hello, everyone. Excellent. Um, all right, so the theme for this year's Christmas special is, I'm asking the question, all I want for Christmas is this brought back, whatever it, this might be. Um, so our goal is uh, we bring back a geek property or a character, a real-life food item, whatever, for Christmas. Um, so I'll go, I'll, I'll kick it off, uh, because we are doing this in segments. I got multiple answers. So this is my Star Trek answer since I'm with the boys of the Trek 1701 <laughs> podcast. All I want for Christmas is good Star Trek brought back. Um... And by that I mean I, I'm I'm tired of what we're getting now. This and, and 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 this is solely my opinion. You know I'm not I'm not uh, saying this is the opinion of, of of the gentleman here this evening, but this is my my take. I want Star Trek to return, um, in with competent writers, with um, you know good special effects, um, good storytelling, um, good directing and good producing. I want, you know, I want to go back to a time, um, you know, like a Berman era, you know, or, uh, you know, you know, I, I want, I want something like a, like a, like a deep space nine or a next generation type of vibe. I, I'm tired of this timey, wimey doctor who, um, 
Michael Burnham crying all the time. Um, you know, Picard is a sad, pathetic excuse of a, of a hero. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of all that. You know, like, I, I'm tired of, you know, in, in the case of the first season of Star Trek Picard, every episode someone gets murdered. Every episode someone is killed. That is not Star Trek. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I want... I'd like someone like Ron Moore or Ira Stephen Bear, like someone that has some some history with Star Trek, to come back as like the exec, as the showrunner and really bring it back to the what it used to be, or even Seth MacFarlane. Like you know, he's he's doing such a better job oh, at yeah. Star Trek with the Orville. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, just I just want I just want that Star Trek brought back. Um. It, the you know it's funny the other because Star Trek Discovery I think just started their new season, um, and and someone posted a picture of Michael Burnham, and and asked you know how how uh, how was she this episode, or it was some it was a question something like that and it was on one of the Star Trek groups that I I follow on Facebook, and me being the smartass that I am, I answered. I'm willing to bet she cried in this episode. And <laughs> I, I got, you know, because that's the thing. Michael Burnham. Okay, there's there's certain tropes that uh, a Star Trek captain or, or main character had, or, or is known for. Like, you know, uh, Kirk is known for, you know, the Shatner speak. You know, the lawn pauses while he's talking. Uh, he's known as womanizer. Picard is known as... Um, you know, uh, drinking Earl Grey, tea, you know, tea Earl Grey hot, known for that. Cisco's known for, you know, yelling, <laughs> you know, get to, when he's trying to get his point across. Um, Riker's known for, for lifting his leg over chairs. Like, he doesn't sit like a normal person. He does, like, a, like a leap over chairs with his one leg. Um, Janeway, I guess, is known for coffee. Like, she's the coffee captain. Archer is known for uh, getting the shit kicked out of him a lot. Um, <laughs> and Michael Burnham is known for crying. Like, she cries all <laughs> the time. That From what from when I was watching it, 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 it was kind of getting annoying. And just from what I've seen in, in clips and everything else, there's a lot of crying. And, and I mean, whatever. Like, it, it would be different if, if it was like a, you know... It was hitting the feelers, you know, like it, it was genuine. Um, but it's not. It's it's bad. It's just bad. I want good Star Trek brought back. That's what I want for Christmas. Um, so if if the executive executives at uh, Paramount, CBS, whatever, are listening, and you want to make this this guy, uh, you know, his Christmas miracle come true. Um, bring someone like, yeah, Rick Berman or Iris Stephen Bear. Just, just ask them to come back and, and fix this. It can be fixed. Um, all right. Now that I've totally, you know, brought this, uh, this Christmas segment to a depressing level, uh, Curtis, what do you want Brock back for Christmas? Oh man, you're leaning on me to cheer things up? Jeez. Will you, will you, uh, real quick. Oh boy. Before oh, I boy. give my answer, is anybody going to say Firefly? Because if not, I'll do it. You, go, no. you know what? Okay, Firefly Season it. 2. 
that's what I want for Christmas. Nice. And many more. But let's start with season two. Let's let's retcon the movie somehow, which was still fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it, it wouldn't be Firefly without Wash. That's just the way it is. Um, so I'm, I'd be okay retconning the movie Serenity. And um, I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have Shepard around anymore, yeah. unfortunately. But I would still take what Firefly I could get. Because that was a goddamn good show. That was good, like, it wasn't, it just had its own unique flavor. It was like Western sci-fi. It was mm-hmm. weird, but so friggin' good. What, what, so I, I don't it, have a lot to expound on, but that's what I want for Christmas. What, um, I'll, th- I'll just throw this out at you. What if they brought it back, like, now? Like, you know, like, bring... Nathan, like, not, like, not try and say like this happens right after the series, or you know, like have you know time having passed. Um, Nathan, mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion as he is now, and I mean, Wash, I would, I, I would love it if they would bring him back in a in either as a hologram of him, or maybe like, oh, this is his twin brother, like Wink, you know, like, and because and, I, I love that movie, oh, like, like in Beer Fest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is our pilot. And and maybe don't reveal it right away. You know, like, just have mm-hmm. him, you know, people still call him Wash. And it's like... Have the know. audience be like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. dig it. And then and then it's revealed that's his twin brother. Like, I, th- I just think that would be hilarious. Um, I yeah, get that like, with um, that. Just like Cheech and Chong did that in one of the Cheech and Chong movies. Instead of it being Cheech, it was Cheech's cousin. Which was just Cheech with a slightly bigger mustache, <laughs> but you know, so even, just have just have like yeah, it's 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 Wash's long lost brother who's also a really good pilot. <laughs> yep, for sure. And like even the hardcore lore junkies like me, will will take that on the chin to have Firefly Firefly back. I promise, nobody will be yeah. mad. Like yeah. one person will be mad, and we don't like them, and they don't come to the parties anyway. So. <laughs> We can't we can't get we can't get Shepard book back because the actor has passed. But yeah. yes, but Wash is still. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. He did a show last year where he was like an alien living in a small town or something. Yeah, I, I never saw yeah. it, but uh, it, it it looked funny. Like he he's a funny guy. Like he, he I like that actor. Oh, he's hilarious. And he was in uh, Rogue Rogue One. He was the the robot, the the Imperial yeah, robot. Yeah, and he's gonna be. And he's going to be reprising that role in the Cassian Andor show. Ooh, nice. Which comes out in January, I believe. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Excellent choice, yeah. Curtis. That, 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 that's a good one. That well, definitely... I figured that was the obvious one. I thought it would be on the front of everyone's mind, but all right, I'll take that one. Well, that, that definitely brought us up from the, the depressing Star Trek talk. Um, I try. Uh, Richard. Uh, w- all you want for Christmas is what brought back? The Star Trek experience. I never got to go to the Star Trek experience, and I am saddened by that fact. Was that the musical thing? No, that was the literal, like, in Vegas they had a yep. huge, it was like a $70 million project where... It was literally like a Star Trek experience. They had Corpse Bar. They had uh, Moogie's Trading Post. They had Promenade. Dude, it was insane. Absolutely insane. And 
we never got to go. It was closed, I think, even well before we went to Vegas. Yeah, uh, it's been closed. 2008, it closed. Damn it. Yeah. It, um, originally, yeah, it was at Universal Studios in the early 90s, and then it moved to Vegas. Um, because I remember when uh, we went on uh, Easter vacation, we went down to v- Vegas and Disneyland and stuff. And it had moved from... I, I went to Universal Studios to go to this thing, and, it, and it, it had just moved. Like, I'd missed it by, like, a month or two. And it wasn't oh, set wow. up... Yeah, it wasn't set up in Vegas yet. Like, they were just in the process of setting it up in Vegas. So, very, very disheartening. But, yeah, that's that's excellent, Richard. That's a good one. I, I too, that, that was one of those that I missed out on and I really wanted to. That would have been absolutely amazing. And and I know at the Universal one, they had an option where you could, like, film, like, yourself as a, as a character. Like, they would do, like, a, like, you could do, like, a five-minute movie or something on the, on the bridge. And you could dress up in a uniform and pretend like you're, in an, in a in a mini episode or whatever, and uh, fun fun little trivia fact: um, the actor Michael O'Hare, before he ever was cast in Babylon Five as Commander Sinclair, he actually did that. Like he actually went to one of the to that Star Trek experience in um, Universal Studios. And actually filmed like a little scene. It's on YouTube where you see him in a Starfleet uniform. Um, you know, because they the the way it worked is it was like a mini episode where like Captain Kirk or Scotty or somebody like the actors uh, filmed a, a pre-recorded segment where they you know we need you to go on this mission blah 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 and then you go on a mission and and it, you know you pretend like you're part of the action. And, uh, yeah, Michael O'Hare, Commander Sinclair from Babylon 5, actually did that. I think it was, like, two years before he actually got cast on Babylon 5. So, hmm. it, it, it's pretty cool to see, you know, Commander Sinclair in a, in a, in a you know, Starfleet <coughs> uniform. And the, and back then, they used, like, the the original series movie uniforms, like the red, red ones. So, yeah. No, excellent choice there, Richard. That's awesome. Um, Ragnar, all I want for Christmas is this brought back. What, what do you want to bring back? All I want for Christmas is normality brought back and no more goddamn COVID. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> that's a, that's a big ass. That's a big ass, bro. Um, okay. But in, I mean, I do want that, yeah. but in all seriousness, we all do. We all do. I know I'm not going to get that. I know it's going to be at least another four or five months of this crap, at the least, probably longer than that. Yeah. But what I would like for Christmas is for them to do a Star Trek Deep Space Nine movie where Cisco comes back and they can use that that digital de-aging on him so he looks the exact same, but everybody else has aged you know, the time it's been since the show. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of touched on that idea before, but that's what I want because that would be awesome. And it would make me so happy to see all of those characters again, even though it's been, you know, 20 or 30 years in some cases. And uh, 
Yeah, that's what I want. Yep, absolutely. I would I would like that too. Well, you 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 kind of already have have that. The writing for that got done sort of. Yeah. Um yeah. in that documentary yep. that really Irish Stephen Fair did, yeah. Yeah. It actually sounded not bad too what they had. Let's going. just let's just take that idea and you know, throw 10 million dollars at it and see what sticks. All right, I'll pitch in like forty bucks. I can pitch in forty bucks. I can match that. I can match that. I can do this. I have fifty-six dollars of Canadian Tire money. I will contribute. (laughs) You know, in Canada, that's a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to sell something we need for the production. (laughs) Yeah. No, that'd be fantastic. And yeah, there's so many possibilities that they could go with too, right? Like. Yeah, and my only my only caveat is that you can't have Alex Kurtzman be involved in any capacity. Yeah, we we got to get rid of that guy because second you put his name on it, I'm I'm out. <laughs> no, here's what we can do with him: we can put duct tape over his mouth, handcuff his hands behind his back, and force him to watch the production process nice. beginning to end. That's and what we and, can do and you know what's funny about Kurtzman is that I quite enjoyed other things that mm-hmm. he's done. Mm-hmm. I just don't like his take on Star Trek. Yeah, you know, but yeah. like he's done loads of other stuff, and and I quite liked a lot of it. Yep. Just not the. Just well, not. That's his great. Take on Star Trek. I mean, I'm good at cooking wild game, but I can't cook Thai food. Same thing. Not yeah. everybody's good at everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just wish that. You know, I wish that everybody else felt the exact same way so that they'd get terrible ratings and just stop making these seasons. Yeah. Like, I'm so shocked that Discovery did well enough for them to make three more seasons of it. Because after the first season, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch this. And I tried a couple episodes of season two, and I'm like, no, this is terrible. And same with Picard. I watched Picard. I'm like, well, this is an embarrassment to the franchise, and they're making more of it. And I'm, well, it's yeah. a weird audience. Like Richard and I have a friend, who shall rem- remain nameless, excuse me, who upon seeing Discovery the first season, like was ranting and raving about how it was the bestest Star Trek ever, and I just couldn't understand. I, I haven't seen it myself. I've only heard the horror stories. But there's some demographic out there that it's just, you know, doing it for them. Yep. Well. And- and I think we mentioned, or I've mentioned this before in a previous episode, that the, the Star Trek fan base, there's some fans, you could literally scoop cat shit out of, out of a litter box, put it in a baggie, and just put a sticker on it, um, spot, Spots Poop, from Star Trek The Next Generation. And they would buy it, just because it says Star Trek. <laughs> Like they don't uh, care. 1999 at Ragnar the Traders tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they like they just don't care. Like they just they anything that with a Star Trek label on it, they're they're they're, they're happy. And and that's a problem, you know, because you know, we're going to keep you know, as long as they keep um, you know, people keep getting subscribing and and they get, keep getting the numbers, you know, they're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep, you know, doing mediocre stuff uh, in my opinion but 
Anyway. That's right. You get more of what you reward, so. Yep. Yep. But anyway, yay Christmas. This was, this was, a this was our Christmas segment, uh, for, for the Chris Walker Christmas special. Um, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet, just in case you're not on other segments. Uh, Curtis, where can we find you, sir? Actually, I recently made a return to Facebook in a fairly limited capacity. Um, on that note, do we have, is there like a pop culture pub podcast group or something yep. that I can join? Yep. Absolutely. Okay, I just added you tonight too because I've just like I've just gotten back into it. So yeah, if anyone wants to, you know, tell me my opinions are bad, you can come do it over there. Excellent. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we got uh, the Pop Culture Pub Podcast group on Facebook, and uh, yeah, yeah, you can find me there as well. Uh, Richard, where can we find you, sir? Um, not on Facebook. Mostly here. And if you've got any problems, we could uh, we could have a Halo shootout in uh, in Game Pass. Let me know. Excellent, excellent. Um, and Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Well, uh, RagnarTheTrader.com is my main website, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as RagnarTheTrader. And if you're fortunate enough over the Christmas season, perhaps you'll even get to see me at a show. I'll be at a show in Winnipeg. I have two shows in Edmonton and one show in Lethbridge still to go. Excellent. We'd only be so lucky. Quick yeah. personal <laughs> testimonial. I have the softest beard in town, according to everyone I talk to, and I use Ragnar's beard shampoo. Get some. I never once said that. Just throw that out there. You've also <laughs> never touched it either. <laughs> you got to touch it first. Well, then you have to make that caveat because you said everyone you've talked to, not everyone who you've talked to who has touched it. Shut up, Richard. <laughs> Stop touching each other, boys. Um, all, right, all right, all right. I'll use my shampoo. We'll see. Um, so this isn't the end of the Christmas special. This is just the end of the first segment. Uh, I have no idea what segment is next, but... Here we go. This is the next segment coming up on the 2021 Chris Lockhart Christmas. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow. But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Ho, ho, the mistletoe Hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Kiss her once for me In case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year 
friends you know and everyone you meet. Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you, yes sir, once for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and in case you didn't hear, hope by golly have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Well, this, we've reached the part of the podcast where this is the main uh, Christmas discussion for the Pop Culture Pub. Uh, this is Chris Lockhart, and I'm joined by a number of, uh, well, actually, all of my co-hosts are here, as well as our special guest star. Uh, so first up, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? It's going well, listeners. You're in for a treat. It's kind of like Muppet Family Christmas. All all the different corners of Chris's life are here together for the end of year celebration. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and next up we have Mr. Jason Roberts. How's it going, Jason? It's going pretty good. Recovering from COVID and just taking it a day at a time. Oh, you 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 got the coves, or you had the coves? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the kids got it, and they decided to bring it home. And being the cesspools that they are, decided to share. So, so was it the Delta or the Omicron? It was the Delta. It was. It was Delta. I mean, we're all fully vaccinated, so it wasn't didn't hit us as bad. Oh, but okay. still, it like due to our jobs, we have to take time off. And there was like five yeah. days where it's just like I don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Um. Well, glad that you're you're on the mend and everything's good. That's good. Um, oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, next up, uh, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, good, and welcome to the uh, crossover event that you didn't know you needed, but now you got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have our special guest star, Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? We're, well, we're doing good. All I want for Christmas is... Blank brought back. So we, so what I'm asking is, we bring a geek property character, slash or character or slash real life food item, etc., for Christmas. Uh, 
and and I ask that we we keep it light. Um, by that I mean, you know, I mean we could all say you know we want world peace, you know, or whatever. Um, but it's it, this is not really that question. Um, <clears throat> so something from your past that isn't around anymore that you might associate with Christmas, um, and you just want it brought back. You know, like that's your Christmas wish. Um, <clears throat> I was actually going to look this up, but I, I didn't. Um, when I was a kid, before before they ever uh, Disney ever did Aladdin. I remember reading the story of Aladdin, the original one, and there was a genie of the lamp, and there was a genie of the ring. So the genie of the lamp was the was the more powerful genie. It was the genie that could grant, you know, if you asked for to be the richest man in the world, he could make you the richest man in the world. If you wanted a castle, you could have a castle. If you wanted to be a, a king, you could be a king. The genie of the ring had less power. He couldn't give you a castle, but he could possibly give you an RV. You know, like, you know, his, his powers were limited. So that's kind of what this question is. Um, you know, we can't, you know, we can't bring back, you know, whatever, um, someone from the dead or whatever. But we can bring back other stuff. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll kick it off. Um because uh, Ragnar and I already did this question, but we did it like with a Star Trek t twist in the Trek 1701 segment on this episode. Um, and uh, so for this one, all I want for Christmas is I want all my toys brought back. And by that I mean throughout the years, <clears throat> um, you know, whether it be Christmas or birthdays or whatever, you know, I had some pretty cool toys growing up that I no longer have. Um, I would like them brought back in the original packaging. Um, and, and then I don't know what I'd, you know, I'd either keep them in the original packaging or I'd play with them. I, I'm not sure which, but I mean, you know, I used to have a lot of He-Man action figures in the 80s. Late 80s, I had Captain Power. Late 80s, I had a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff. Early 90s. Um, <clears throat> and now I just, I don't have them anymore for, you know... Because when I became a teenager, you know, it wasn't cool to play with toys. It wasn't cool to keep toys around. Um, so I sold them. You know, like when we had garage sales and stuff. You know, I got rid of my toys, made money, bought comic books, that sort of thing. But, you know, never realizing how much I would miss them as I got older. So I, I want all my toys brought back. All right, uh, let's start with Jason. Um, all I want for Christmas is blank brought back. What, what do you want brought back, Jason? Oh goodness! <laughs> I you know it's funny. It, I mean, now you brought up like all the old toys and everything else, but there's a a lot of the old like. Uh, comic books and stuff i grew up with like in the like 90s and everything and i actually recently like lost a lot of them over the years between moving and just or they just were lost someone took them or what have you but it's you know it's like trying to explain things to my kids and it's like oh you know that this happened and it's like oh i no longer have that reference there so it's just like i think i like to have like 
because a lot of them were stuff that my dad had given me and my grandpa mm-hmm. had given me. So it's a lot of old like Sergeant Rock comics and like a lot of yeah. old Thors. And so it's just kind of like I, I, I wish it was. I think if the older me can go back and slap the younger me, I probably would. But it's just, I wish I had more foresight and have been a little bit more responsible with the comics or things that were given to me. Yes. So it's yep. just kind of like, uh, but yeah, I think that's something I would like to have back. Um, the other one would be when me and my dad were like, we were heavily, we do a lot of art projects and stuff together. And we did mm-hmm. a lot of like, we really got into like my dad really got into like Jim Lee style, like artwork, and he got oh, cool. really into like um, the Gen Thirteen and just like the Wildcats and all that. And then it's like I got really into Spawn, and I was into like you know that line of the Uncanny X Men. So I was doing a lot of that mimicking of that style, and we made so many pro- like art projects and submitted them to local fairs, and it's like. I wish I had all those drawings back, but they're lost to wherever they are, some weird abyss. Yep. But yeah, that would be one thing I would love to have back. Excellent. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, w- I was just thinking today, like, I wish I was artistic. Like, I- I'm just, I'm not, you know. Because, um, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to do a comic book, but I can't draw. You know, at least not worthy of, you know, someone actually reading. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. And, and I totally agree with you, Jason. I wish I could go back in time, you know, to that, that teenager that thought he was too cool for toys, selling his toys. And then, you know, it's like, dude, come on, you know, like you're going to end up going to conventions, you know, in your (laughs) forties, rebuying all this stuff, you know, outrageously priced, you know, silliness. Or at least just like, oh, two, so you can destroy one of them and play with it and squirrel the other one away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know uh, my nephew does that, like, uh, with uh, certain stuff. And I, and, I, and kudos to him. He's, uh, he's so smart that way for doing that. But uh, excellent. Uh, Lillian, um, all I want for Christmas is this brought back. What do, what do you want to bring back? Okay, so this might be a little off topic. One second, I got a toddler invading my personal space because she won't sleep. Oh, um, oh I love my space back for Christmas. Oh God. Um, okay, so you know, back in the day when you know TV and stuff, and you had to record it on, you know, you, you something would come on, you run and find a VCR, like the VHS, oh, pop it in the VCR, and you had to record it. Like, memories. So many memories. Um, I would love to. So much X Files. So, oh my god! I would love to find all the old cartoons I watched—not cartoons, just even shows like made-for-TV movies I watched as a mm. kid that I legit cannot find. Like you know when people talk about, um, you know, what is that? That whole um, whether or not something is the way you remember it or not. There's that effect where like yeah. you remember things differently. Um, oh, the but, Mandala effect or not? Yeah, and I yeah, swear yeah. I didn't make some of the stuff up like my sisters and i have had to be like did we make up this show or was that a fever dream um (laughs) like i would go back to when my mom thankfully like has some of it but um you know the original muppets christmas carol the new one that they have they actually cut out one of my favorite songs because it was too sappy and 
low. And I'm like, I want the original one back. Um, and then at the same time, there was this movie when I was a kid. And it was like this brother and this sister were taking care of their grandma in like this little shack in the woods. And it was like where it was somewhere like in Germany in the wintertime. And like they had to feed their like grandma like pine needle soup because that's all they had. And then they were going to set out to, you know, find some food and they meet Father Christmas and this weird couple who were going to eat them and there's a duck. Father Christmas has a duck? No, somebody gives someone a duck. But this kid has a whistle that's a magic whistle that he's given by Father Christmas and they end up getting stuck in like this barrel and I just remember them, you know, whistling for Father Christmas and getting saved from this couple that was going to feed them because, you know, they're children and they're made of meat. Anyways, um, but I'll, I'll never, I, I've tried. I have Google searched everything. Like, I have put in every single way of finding this movie because I just remember it and I can't find it. So I would love to just pull back to like find everything from those old weird made for TV movies that are not documented mm-hmm. from like the nineties and early two thousands that were just so amazing. So good. <laughs> but with, but we didn't document things, but with a, you'd want to watch it like with a digital perspective, right? Like, um, by that, I mean, not the original, you know, crappy, you know, um, VHS quality. You would want yeah. like a DVD or Blu-ray quality to them. I'm assuming. Definitely, but and I'd love to. Well, yeah, though no, I'd like to definitely have good quality, but I would like to go back to you know some of those old weird shows that are not mainstream. Like right now, it's kind of exhausting with Christmas movies and Christmas TV shows out there because they follow like the CW Netflix thing, mm, and I'm yeah. like, I want my old weird stories back. Yep. Well, and it's, it's like, I remember as a kid, like, like I was saying, like my introduction to this segment was talking about Aladdin and the original story of Aladdin. Cause it, it the original story is actually pretty dark. Um, and those... you, okay. By the way, are you talking about like, have you seen Arabian Nights with Duke Grace thought like that is the best Aladdin I, thing out there? Like I, I've, cause I think the story of Aladdin is part, yeah, part of Arabian Nights. Cause there was like, uh, it is. Because what you just discussed there is the story of where Shahrazad is telling the story of Aladdin and this, all of that. And there's a genie and there's the genie of the ring and it's got Dugray Scott. And it's amazing. And it's like the best movie on the planet. Like, oh, I love it so much. I should check that out. Like, I'm going to link you to it. I'm linking you to it. Because, yeah, speak like there was these um, comic book with tapes that came out, like, I want to say, like, in the mid 80s that my parents bought me. So, like, yeah, it had, like, Arabian Nights, because there was, like, Aladdin, and then there was Al- Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, um, and then, like, Frankenstein, and, and like, it was like a comic book, but you, but you listen to uh, the tape, and you just follow it along. But, like, Frankenstein, like, I remember in the comic book, like, because fr- Frankenstein's monster kills that kid, right? Like, you, you know, I think, because um, that kid finds him hiding or whatever and then he's trying to keep the kid quiet but then he breaks the kid's neck or something i can't remember and this was in a comic book that was for kids you know and like little the original little mermaid like she dies at the end you know she doesn't end up with the prince um and all that stuff was for kids you know like they didn't sugarcoat it like nowadays like where everyone has a happy ending and and you know, there's a positive message and everything. Like back then, they told it like it was. Like 
there isn't an always there isn't always a happy ending in life, and I think you know we need more of that. But uh, anyway, rag. And I just sent the link there. Um, if anybody, by the way, if you're listening and you've never seen, it's actually a TV series. It was a mini series in 2000. Go watch it. It's amazing. Nice. Arabian Nights. With, you know, it's amazing. Cool. And I forgot that John Leguizamo plays the genie of the ring. <laughs> now that you say that, I think I remember something about Wait, that. No, no. Or was yeah. he the genie of the lamp? Either way, he was. He was a genie. It was yeah. good. <clears throat> he was a genie. It was awesome. Um, it, it starred Jason Scott Lee in the time where he like also did uh, he was in uh, the Jungle Book, so like it was it's so good it's so good go watch it cool oh, he's a genie of the lamp there we go go watch it. anyways I'm gonna be quiet right oh no it's all good no that's cool <laughs> I, just, I love this show so much I love this show so much I think I have to make this a Christmas thing I'll definitely check that out um, Ragnar all I want for Christmas is blank brought back what do you want to bring back well. I, I, I've actually, I wanted this before, and I kind of forgot that I wanted it because so much other stuff came out that kind of filled that void. I, I'm going to do this spoiler-free, but I just watched the most recent episode of Hawkeye when I had mm-hmm. supper tonight, <laughs> and all I want is Daredevil brought back for another season. Yes. <gasps> we were just talking about this because we just finished watching Hawkeye 2 an hour ago. <laughs> That's what you say, parent. That's all I want, and and I want it to be the same creative team and the same cast. Yeah. Because I love Daredevil season one, I love season two, and I love season three. I didn't care for the Defenders, but that, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a whole separate thing. But I thought Daredevil was, you know, absolutely incredible storytelling, and it was super well done. And I would love to see more of that. (laughs) So that's what I want for Christmas. Excellent. Yeah, like, I, I, I love that whole series of, you know, all three seasons of, of Daredevil. And Kevin Feige apparently was quoted as saying, if they do bring Daredevil back, Charlie, Cl- Charlie Cox will be Daredevil. So it's, yeah, kind, it's kind of a loaded answer, because if we bring Daredevil back, you know... Yeah, well, that means they are going to bring him back. <clears throat> I'm well, hoping so. Confirmed he's going to be in the new Spider-Man. I mean, at least... Not as Daredevil, but at least as a lawyer, did. Cool. Oh, I don't know. Um, can I give you guys a, a little spoiler? Do you guys want no. a spoiler? No. Scream at you like for what? What is this spoiler for what? about? For for the new Spider-Man movie? Nope. No. no. You are not allowed to talk. Okay. No. Okay. Because somebody posted. <laughs> I'm going to uh, see it tomorrow night. You will be silent. Oh, I yeah, I, no. I haven't actually seen it myself. Like I, I my tickets are for Sunday, but somebody posted on YouTube a video. Nope. That confirmed nope. a fan theory, but yes. I won't say anything. I won't say anything. But like my, I, I, if like, there's no way that was fake. It, it had to have been like someone with their phone in a theater somewhere. And I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, I finally saw Dune, so we can you can talk about that. All <laughs> spoilers now. Oh, I, 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 I've been meaning to rewatch that. I, I paid for it like almost two weeks ago now. And I still haven't. Oh. I think I've watched like five minutes of it. I've just been so busy, like just a crazy time of year. And there's so many shows on right yeah. now. Well, and it's and it's three hours long. <laughs> yeah, I but haven't it, watched it either. To be honest, like, nope, still haven't conquered that mountain. Oh, it was it was awesome. Uh, it's the first time I've been back in theaters since nice. Jurassic 
Kingdom Fallen World or whatever it was called. Mm. Jurassic mm-hmm. World Fallen Kingdom. That was the last movie I saw in theaters. <clears throat> so it was wicked. Um, there was only four other people in the whole theater. So I wasn't, I didn't have to get a big glass of water and pour it on anybody or anything crazy like that. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. And the, and the movie was incredible too. So the audience was good. The movie was good. All in all, it was a win. Excellent. Yeah, this this Friday I'm going to be seeing Eternals for the first time. I haven't actually seen it. It's heard it's not very good. Yeah. It, well, it, Kevin and I talked about it on, on the last recording. But I'm I'm still going to go see it because it's Marvel and <laughs> and it's at my local. So, like, I'm literally just going to walk to the theater, which is nice. Uh, but then Sunday, yeah, we're going to do the city trip. I'm taking my, my nephew, my niece, my brother-in-law, and my cousin-in-law. We're all going to see Spider-Man. Cool. It's you. Um, Eternals actually comes to our small town theater as of Friday as well. So nice. I was like, does, it, does anybody have a desire to see this? And my husband's like, I wouldn't mind. Like, it's only like seven dollars, sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I I I, I want to support my local, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna go. Awesome. But uh, all right, uh, Kevin. Last but not least, all I want for Christmas is blank brought back. All right, I'm I'm guessing this genie is not powerful enough for things like hair growth and youthful <laughs> energy. And... Well, the the genie can grant um, hair implants. No, beware! You'll end up looking like Donald Trump. Oh, I don't want to do that. Don't trust genie wishes. You say you want hair, and he will come up with something. God knows what. That's real monkey's paw of a genie. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was sticking with uh, Christmas-themed ones for it. So uh, first thing is, I wish we still got the giant Christmas shopping catalogs in the mail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, like, we had a Sears and JCPenney one every year, but, you know, I'm sure there were other chains that did it. And, I mean, like, some of those were 600, 800 pages. Like, I, I swear... The peak of it was around a thousand, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think KB toys. Well, that was yeah. a. Yeah, oh yeah, KB and uh, like Toys R Us sometimes would have one. I feel like Walmart tried one year, but they just couldn't compete with what those were. Yeah. And just uh, like I, I would sit down and you, you go to the toy stuff first and circle what you want, and then you go through the rest of the catalog. Like, well, there could be other cool stuff in here. Mm-hmm. There's catalogs. Somebody keeps trying to sell them on Marketplace for like 150 bucks. Holy shit! <laughs> like really, really? They are quite collectible, but they're they're generally more in the 25 to 40 dollar range. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Still, I don't that's think pretty I good. personally would like to. I, I, I came across a box of 100 of them um, earlier this year. At two dollars a piece, and I bought all of them. Oh, and, and it looks like I'm going to do pretty well on it. Nice. You know what's yeah. interesting? It'd be interesting to go through the old catalogs and just see how much more expensive toys have gotten. Oh man, it, it'll just crush you. It'll just crush you to, to see the price differences. It's it's shocking looking at them. There's um there's a site called Collecting Candy. 
And he has a sub-site where he has been buying up a lot of these catalogs and scanning them all in online. Oh, cool. So you can flip through the whole thing how it used to be. My goodness. Yeah, I I can't even guess how long that must take to go through it all. Yeah, I love it when people post, like, like a page, you know, on Facebook or something just to see what things were like back in the day. Um, real quickly. Um, um, just, oh, no, sorry. I just had like one more thing sure, I wish yeah, I could yeah. bring back. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I wish I could still go to a mall at Christmas time and get all my shopping done there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. and it still has good stores and the stores are full <laughs> right. stocked and you run into people you haven't seen probably since last year and you get chance to small talk and catch up but like to go into a walden books or kb toys you know all all sorts of dead stores now but it's also like this isn't just a supply chain thing within the covid era stores just and malls flat out suck for the last five years oh more malls are dead unless you've changed it and made it like a destination mall like oh we have you know, uh, indoor playground thing for the kids, and we have a uh, indoor playground thing for adults too. And you know, we got bars and all sorts of other crap. But unless you've converted into something like that, malls are dead. And then the stores—I mean, I've walked into stores for years, and uh, you know, WalMarts and Targets, for sure. I'm like, when I started working retail many years ago, I had managers saying. If a shelf is empty, put something else in there. We mm-hmm. can't make money off empty space. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I walk into stores now, I'm like, half the freaking store is empty. If you got anything in the back, put two rows of something out instead of one. Like, make yep. the store look like it's not going out of business. <laughs> anything. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Or I find, at the same time, like, I, I live in a tiny town. We don't have a mall. Uh, we have a little tiny strip mall. I mean, I take that back. We do have a tiny one. And there's this little bargain store, and they actually carry a lot of, like, fun little things. The manager's pretty good at making sure we don't have, like, nothing in town to go buy clothing or toy or, you know, stuff-wise. But it, the biggest mall is, like, an hour and a half away. But even then, I've noticed it's mostly clothing stores where the cheapest item is $100. Um, and then you have, like, uh, Spencer's or you have um, – what is that nerd store? Hot Topic. And those are oh, like yeah. the only two stores I would ever go near because they have stuff. But at the same time, it's very uh, um, over merchandise. Like it's it was if it's nothing really at the same time that I would probably ever buy and wear in public. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless, okay, I have a horrible, horrible soft spot for buying keychains. I love nerd keychains. <laughs> we suck at not buying nerd keychains. But there's nothing in them all that I'd ever really buy. Cinemals. Yeah, that, that key, to... I was going to say the keychain thing, I'm totally behind you there, Lillian. I, I do the same thing. Hmm. I can't help I myself. I have to piggyback off the, uh, the, we brought up Olden's books. Uh, what's funny is um, there's a town here called uh, Roseburg, Oregon, and there's a strip mall. And the mall is like, 60% empty, and there used to be a Walden's book there, but they since shut down all of them, but the two girls that were employed there wound up buying buying it out. 
Wow. Like that shop. And they kept the bookstore and they actually turned half of it into a comic book store. And so they just kept it going. Nice. And there's, yeah. and it's just these two girls like in their mid twenties and they're just going, they're still going great guns with it. So it's like every time I travel down that way, I always stop in, spend more money than I probably should because it's just like I want to keep them going mm-hmm. because they still have that small town like that that bookstore you know you got that smell and you got the books and it's just like it's it's just awesome that they managed to keep it but yeah anyways sorry little bunny trim no that's cool yeah i i yeah i i i love it when people do that and yeah as far as bookstores go yeah my my wife hates it when i go wandering into a bookstore because i'll be there for a long time and sometimes i don't even bring it come out with anything it's just i gotta look things up and I don't know. Yeah, it's just something about being in a bookstore. Even though it's cheaper to order it off Amazon, um, it's still nice to go in and browse. Like, I do like that. Uh, real quickly, uh, Ragnar, did I cut you off on yours? I can't remember what yours was. Uh, no, no, I just said I wanted them to make another season of Daredevil. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Got talking about uh, Marvel and everything and completely forgot um, it's a very unusual topic for us but it, it is it is um, <laughs> but uh, all right well excellent um, short but sweet um, but yeah this is you know we have the Trek 1701 segment uh, Dave Kish uh, uh, friend of the podcast is going to be submitting a segment so um, plus I got Christmas music to throw in here. So, uh, yeah, there, this, this is going to be a full episode. Um, but as always, let's, let's move on to, uh, our normal, uh, segment, which is, uh, uh, one of our normal segments. So it's called brain candy. So this is a segment where we discuss something that we're reading, watching, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and if we want, we can make it a pick or pan, you know, whatever you want. Um, speaking of Daredevil, um, Marvel Comics, I think it was last week, uh, had the first issue of Devil's Reign, um, which is their new crossover mini-series, um, but this one actually got my attention, and I, and I really enjoyed it, because I, I've been reading Daredevil, the comic book, um, I really like Chip, Chip Zdarsky, he's a good writer. And this kind of spun off from that. So basically, it's kind of like Civil War, uh, where like Kingpin, where Kingpin, who's the mayor of New York, has decided to outlaw superheroes. So he gets a a, a Thunderbolts team of of villains that he can control, and basically like Cap and Daredevil and all them are um, fugitives now in New York City. Um, and the whole reason why why Kingpin's pissed off is because he, oh, as always, like Daredevil, uh, this always happens in Daredevil, um, his secret identity is revealed, and then somehow it it gets erased, you know, from public consciousness. Uh, this time it was like the Purple Man's kids that somehow made everyone forget who Daredevil is. So anyway, Kingpin, uh, you know, goes to a secret files decides he's gonna 
he he wants to mess up Daredevil, and then he opens the file, and it's all blank. Like, all his information about Daredevil is not there. It's just blank pages. But he knows that he used to know his secret identity, that he had files on him. So now he's pissed. He knows that Daredevil's messed with his mind somehow, and he decides he's going to take it out on everybody. Um, I'm enjoying it. I, it's only one issue in, and uh, I thought it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, I love Kingpin. I love Daredevil. And, um, you know, it's great seeing Cap and, like, Luke Cage is in there and Jessica Jones and um, Tony Stark. Because apparently he's going to run, you know, spoilers, he's going to run for mayor against Kingpin. But Kingpin's actually going to be running for president of the United States, with, which isn't that crazy considering Donald Trump was president. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, ha, you know, it's kind of oh, like the, it's kind of like when Lex Luthor was president, but but uh, Kingpin, you know, he's he's a good villain. I like him. Uh, so yeah, Devil's Reign, um, really great. And I just and I mentioned this an episode or two ago that I was rewatching The Shield, um, and I finished it. And yeah, this one of the best TV series ever. Like, this was so good. I totally... Because the way it used to go uh, before streaming is I had my favorite TV shows. You know, like, and we're talking like 2000s. Like, there was Lost, there was The Shield, there was The Sopranos. Um, those were the big three. Oh, Battlestar Galactica, um, Fringe... Those type of shows. So after every season, you know, they would release the previous, you know, that season on DVD like in August or whatever in preparation for the new season that was going to start in September or whatever, right? Um, so like The Shield, I used to rewatch those seasons before the next season. So since The Shield ended, I don't think I've actually went back and rewatched the, the you know, the whole series. Um, so this was like the first time in it's like 13 years since this, this the shield ended you know like i'd watch clips on youtube and stuff but you know actually sitting down and i totally forgot like how good it was how good the acting was you know the friendships on the show um you know like i you know i don't want to i don't want to say too much cuz i don't want to ruin it for someone that's that watch it wants to watch it but it's so worth it the Shield is fantastic. And the unfortunate thing is, it's not available for streaming in Canada right now. Because um, originally, it was streaming on Netflix. And I think I watched like a season or something. And then it was streaming on Amazon Prime. So I actually, I took my, my, my old DVDs of The Shield and put them in storage. So then when I was like, I got, you know, because I was watching some clips on YouTube and stuff, and I was like, I got to watch the show again. Like, it's so good. And, you know, it's not streaming anywhere. So I ended up having to go, you know, fish them out of storage. I actually, somehow I lost season two. I don't know what I did with it. So I ended up having to buy it again on Amazon. But, I mean, it was only like 10 bucks. Like, it, you know, like, I think when it was originally released, I paid like $60 for it. Back in like 2004, something like that. So whatever, it's ten bucks. I got Amazon Prime free shipping, and yeah, fantastic. 
Uh, I can't say enough great things. It's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. It's definitely on the top five, for sure. All right, so let's go with Kevin. What do you got this week for Brain Candy, Kevin? All right, so I just read... Hang on. I want to get the title right. It's maybe just out of arm's reach here. There it is. <laughs> so I picked up a new novella. It's ending up on a lot of best-of-the-year list and everything. It's only about 120 pages, but it's a new horror novel called Nothing But Blackened Teeth. Hmm. Um, the woman who wrote it, Cassandra, K-H-A-W. I don't know if that's Caw or, or what. Um, what is it, five? Five Americans, I believe, all friends, decide to do a destination wedding in Japan. It's an old house. It turns out to be a haunted house. And then creepy stuff happens. Now, it's only 120 pages, so it's a very quick read-through. Mm-hmm. But the descriptions that this author does in here is incredible. Like, her just... Uh, her way of painting a picture here is nuts. I was just like, I can't, I would have never, ever thought of describing things the way she does or in the order that she does, but every bit of it makes sense and comes alive. Nice. And I'm, I was just in awe over it. Um, only complaint I had about the book is because there's three guys that aren't that much different from each other. I got confused with who was who a few times. Like, wait, why are they doing this? Oh, that's right, because that's his connection. That okay, nope, I'm getting these people confused. He he didn't do this. The other guy did that. That could have just been me reading too quick, you know, or or certain information not sinking in. That's got nothing to do with the writer. Um, I'm going through the Cowboy Bebop anime, and then I'll do the Netflix show. And yes, I've heard everyone's thoughts on the Netflix show, but I still want to give it a try. <laughs> um. First time I've ever watched. Considering that it's been canceled, it's entirely safe now to watch it just because you know that's all there is. Well, it's yeah. funny now that they're trying to save it. What? Yeah, there's a petition now. There's like this core group of fans, and they're trying to bring like they're. I, I'm like, uh. <laughs> there, there's always <laughs> a petition. <laughs> um, the anime though, this is first time I've watched it uncensored. I'm sure I watched it on like Cartoon Network or something beforehand, so it's been very interesting. I'm also watching it, you know, mm-hmm. as a more mature adult and catching on to stuff. Um, I did whip through Chris, I don't think I talked about this. Did I talk about the manga I read all of last time? Do you remember? I don't think so. Nope. Okay. Uh ten volume manga I found through work called Clockwork Planet. Hmm. Uh pretty much the earth stops spinning. And this engineer creates all these gears and, and clockwork and mechanics and everything and turns the earth into one giant cog pretty much and gets the rotation to move again. So some of these pieces are so large, whole cities have been built upon them. Hmm. So when a cog stops working, it's not just that it stops working. Everyone who lives on it and the whole city has to go away. 
to replace it or to remove it or whatever. So there is a whole conspiracy theory. There are other projects that the person who created this whole system did. And I'm like, this is just nuts. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Then I found out that apparently, because uh, I know of steampunk, I've been well aware of steampunk for years, but apparently there's a thing called clockpunk too that okay. I did not know of as a whole, you know, fantasy kind of sci-fi genre, and this is considered one of it. Hmm. But I just had a blast with it. It was crazy fun. Turns out there is uh, an anime that's subtitled, not dubbed, and on one of the channels I found through my Roku for free. I just got to sit through some ads, so I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Save me some money on not buying a giant box set. Yep. Uh, Tons of wrestling as usual. In fact, earlier tonight before we recorded, and uh, I am not seeing it Sunday, uh, which is not why I yelled for you to not spoil anything. But I'm seeing Spider-Man tomorrow as we record. My comic Ooh. shop has rented out a theater for all of us. Oh, nice. Wow. So it's about 50 comic book reading geeks that will all go see it together. Wait. So I have a feeling this will be an amazing theater experience as we all pop and cheer for the same things. Excellent. Shoot me a message and just give me a non-spoiler take on it, if you, if you loved it or not. <laughs> So, um, I'm well, really interested. I, I, I'm seeing it twice this week. Oh, I'm seeing it tomorrow so with the shop, and then I'm taking my kid on Sunday. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Um, before we move on to uh, the next person, I just really quickly remembered, I wanted to throw this out there. Um, I'm listening to an audiobook called Midnight in Chernobyl. It's basically the account of Chernobyl. And what happened? Um, if you if you like the HBO miniseries, you'll like this audiobook because it's like it breaks down everything that happened and all the people involved. Because the HBO miniseries um, combined a bunch of people into certain characters, um, so you don't realize. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the actress. Uh, the main actress from the miniseries, she actually embodied like twenty different people. Um, hmm. So yeah, it it it's interesting. It's uh, it's a good audiobook. Um, highly recommend it. Um, all right, uh, Jason, what do you got this week for uh, Brain Candy? Uh, there's a couple of things I've been doing. Is well, they recently just pushed it, announced that they were going to push it back. But the with the lot the Lost or Last Kingdom, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, series on netflix i'd say i went back and i'm rereading all the novels within that series also simultaneously re-watching the tv show going from the beginning because it's supposed to be the last hurrah for everything for this whole series and it's i actually yeah there's a few things they change i mean some of it's just like yeah that's just not going to translate well into the series but well, the they, books they, they left out uh-huh. that they left out that totally awesome character of Stayappa, the giant warrior guy who's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and he was he was so scary and so awesome in the books, and they just like, man, we don't need him at all. They're like, what? No. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I it's I love I love them both, and it's just like, I really enjoy the whole series, and it's just, um, 
It's a there's a bookstore here uh, in Salem, Oregon called uh, Stranger in Fiction. Uh, it's just a bookstore, and if you've never been into the whole, if the way they have this bookstore is, it's rigged like a maze almost. And it's like they have this other section, this wing, and it's full of brand new books. And it's a very small section. They're kind of like, they call that no man's land. And they're like, the rest of the store, like 95% of the store is all used books or hand-me-down books. And it's just kind of like, but it's all set up like a maze. Like there's shelves intertwining with each other. And they literally, like if you've never been in there, they will take you on a tour. And he just kind of goes in there. And the guys that work there, it's a father-son duo. But their charisma is just like I, – I can't explain it to them. It's just hilarious and how they just go through every genre of style of novels going from like romance to horror to political to cooking to like science fiction. To, it's crazy. But, yeah, they'll just take you from one end of the shop, guide you along, and take you all the way to the end of it. And they're like, okay, you're done. Then they'll leave you at the event, and you have to find your way back. <laughs> but – that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's like that shop is the one that actually they introduced me to uh, the Last Kingdom series, and I was like, oh. So I'm in every time they have one that, like one of the other books that happens to come in, they always call me, and so I just picked up I think the last novel, and so it's just been rereading everything, and uh, it's I think there's what ten, no. There's, there's enough. Yeah. Um, Eight or nine for sure. More than Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm bitter, but you know. Um, yeah, still waiting. It's, Ten it's years. Definitely, right. He did say <laughs> we can put him in jail, but no one's called him good on it. But um, it's definitely, I would definitely highly recommend it. It's, it's really, the show and the book series are really good. It's just there's some things where it's just you kind of ignore, you know, with the show, mm-hmm. but other than all, it stays pretty pretty faithful, kind of. Um, the other one that I got into because I've been on this ever since COVID kind of happened, I've been on this quest of rebuilding my comic book collection, and I've recently found this last towards the beginning of this year. Um, it's a for like I think it's like twenty five dollars a month, but it's a mystery box, and you get it fluctuates anywhere between. You're always guaranteed at least twelve comics, but sometimes you can get like twenty five, and it's you don't. It's a blind grab, and you never know what you're gonna get. And but they're always in really good condition. They're not all dog eared or you know, been dipped in water before it was shipped out. Like these mm-hmm. are actually been taken care of. And um, the guy who does this actually owns, I think he's on the East Coast, and he runs a comic book shop there, and he just does these just blind boxes of just random comics. And then he'll give you this printout sheet. He has his own blog, and it's kind of like a daily newsletter of what inspired him to do this month's run. Like there's a kind of a theme to each one. And, yeah. But, no, it's like I've gotten like a whole bunch of New 52s, um, I actually got a lot of the old 90s uh, Uncanny X-Men along with some of the newer stuff. Nice. Um, the one I was excited about, I got the only two comics of the Buckaroo Banzai uh, 
<laughs> like like there's only two Buckaroo Banzai comics. Yeah. That were like that were kinda like based on like the actual movie, not like his own separate stuff. But I was just like I actually got both of those at one blind grab, so I was like, ooh. But yeah. um I've been doing that and that's like I've been getting actually a lot of really good stuff and stuff that I don't wind up I don't wind up liking or whatever. It's like my kid my son just goes gaga over it, so he just he's just hungry for everything. So he just I just give him those comics, or I just let him here go through the comic book, pick out what you want, and then I'll just take whatever's left. But yeah, that's right on. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah like our our dollar store used to do like grab bags of of yeah com- old comic books and stuff, and they don't do it anymore. Like, like what, I don't know who their supplier no. was, but. It was awesome. Like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, you know, the best. It's not like there's any, you know, hidden gems there. But, you know, it was, you know, decent comics. They were in good condition. And, um, yeah, that's actually what turned me on to the Hickman run for, for Fantastic Forks. I was, cause they had some of the earlier issues of Hickman's run on there. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, Lillian, what do you have this week for brain candy? Um, well, my brain has not been full of much of this week um, with Christmas and everything going on. But mm-hmm. I did find myself um, kind of kind of stuck. Um, at the moment, uh, my brain just shut down. I've been stuck watching the new like on, on Amazon Prime. I binged. Uh, TV show the the re, they rebooted the show called the Forty Four Hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and out. so it's trying not to be all weird because originally like the cast was all white, and now it's black, and I was like, I, I don't know if this is like a strategical move or something, but it was really good. Um, and I, I binge watched every single episode there in two days, which is really annoying though because on Amazon Prime it's on Stack TV, which has a commercial every like. Five ten minutes. It's really oh. annoying. It's so annoying, and you can't stop them. But I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Uh, and then it airs again in January, and I'm thoroughly enjoying that. I'm really, I, I really am. I'm enjoying the characters. Um, I'm really enjoying some of the cast, and I've ended up stalking them, being like, "Can I bring you to my Comic Con? I like your face. You're awesome." Um, and then I also just watched the new Sandra Bullock on movie on Netflix. Now I didn't know this was a movie. I thought it was a TV show. And so I was watching it and then all of a sudden I got very lost and confused because it was over. And Mm. I had to go back and I I realized that I had been talking to Dan and he was playing the new Halo. And all of a sudden I realized I missed something. And all of a sudden I was like, this, this movie sucks. Like I love Sandra Bullock. I love the idea of this movie. This should have been a TV show or at least something else because this, this entire movie is stupid. It's just not good. <laughs> and I hate it because I'm a huge Sander. Like, I love Sander Bullock. But I was not impressed with the, the, the script writing at all. Is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in this one? Yes. Okay. And he's fantastic. We were just talking about him tonight because yep. of um, Hawkeye. Um, but uh, Spoilers! He's fantastic. And his... I didn't say anything. Because <laughs> uh, but, but, um <laughs> No, Whoa. but um, I was we were just ta- we ended up discussing people, and I, Dan couldn't remember his name, but he remembered his last name, and I was we oh, were yeah. discussing our favorite Marvel characters, 
Um, and yeah, he's fantastic. That's where he's fantastic. He's a wonderful person. He was he's in that, and then his wife is this lovely black actress who I adore, and I wish we had seen more of her. But the storyline is just very much hyper focused on this one part that you're expecting a climax or some resolution to, and there's nothing. You get hmm. nothing. And there's supposed to be this huge shocking thing, and I'm like, no. This was not good. This is, this is not good. Um, and then just because I am a, I, I've been horribly addicted to reality television the last, like, two weeks, so I've been watching Survivor. <laughs> and it's so bad. No. <laughs> I've never been a huge survivor person, but this is just—I forgot how. So you can blame COVID. We're well, running out of time because this is the one where they're supposed to be like, "We've missed you," and this is supposed to be a different season, and they're doing things differently. But at the same time, it's like the last episode I was watching. My daughter and I were in the kitchen making dinner, and there's like this special idol. But there's three. There's three tribes. Um, and so there's a special, if you get this thing, it only activates if all three tribes have the idols and they have to spa- say this special catchphrase. And once everyone says this catchphrase, then they all have this immunity idol. But so far, no one's found it. And at one point, they went from hiding them in the bushes to like just putting them out in the open because nobody was looking for these. And you could just see, I could just imagine the, 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 the production set being like, they're not finding these things. Let's just go put them somewhere obvious and just push them in that direction. Yeah. It was just the strangest thing I've ever seen. But that's basically, it's just, it. I find right now that I'm super frustrated with a lot of TV. Um, and it's just waiting for Witcher to drop, essentially. And <laughs> That's just, I have thought of going to the library. I have to renew my library card. I'm in a book club, and apparently I, I'm supposed to be reading a book right now that I don't live anywhere near a bookstore, so I either have to download it or I have to just drive and go find it. Yeah. I fail at life right now. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed but yeah, no, um definitely enjoy, go watch the forty four hundred if you can if you can watch it somewhere other than on Amazon Prime, go do that. It's so good. Excellent. Um yeah. Ragnar, what do you have this week for brain candy? Uh well, uh, a couple things. Um I actually just started a new book. It's not really a pop culture book, but I think people in our audience and probably some of you guys would find it interesting. Uh, it's not a new book. Um, I, I go to a lot of thrift stores and I end up picking up lots of books. So lots of times I'm reading stuff and, you know, it's new to me, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily new. So uh, this book came out in 2011 and it's called The Psychopath Test. And it's by a British author named John Ronson. And I don't know about you guys, but I find psychopaths fascinating. And I've read a few different books about them, and this one is really good. So if you've ever been curious about psychopaths and what they are and why they are, this is a really great book to to start out on. Um, and of course, you know, as you're going through this book, he's, he's telling you all about the different characteristics of a psychopath. And of course you start thinking about yourself and going, well, I did that. Well, I did that. Well, well, I do that. Oh no. Am I one? 
And then there's one part where he interviews, you know, a, psychi- a psychiatrist, and she says, if you're even asking that question, you're not a psychopath. So I thought that was a really funny quote, and definitely was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a really interesting book. I picked it up solely because of the title, and um, I read half of it last night in one go because I was enjoying it so much. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, television-wise, um, I've had a bit of a cold. It's not COVID, just a cold for the, the last week or so. And so I have watched a lot more TV than I normally do. And so I finished um, the Clone Wars TV series, which I quite enjoyed. I finished season one of Rebels, and I am now almost done season two. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying it, although the, the, what I'm enjoying the most about Rebels is the little glimpses into the wider universe and seeing things like, um, you know, like there's an episode where Princess Leia shows up, and there's a couple episodes, so far anyways, where um, Lando Calrissian is in it. And so seeing those characters and what they were doing 10 or 15 years before the events of the original Star Wars films was pretty fun. Um, And I definitely, you know, if you're into Star Wars, um, the Clone Wars series was really good, although it took a little while to get into it. Um, The Bad Batch was excellent, and Rebels is so far pretty darn good, too. And the the thing they all have in common is that they're all uh, conceived of um, and, and the showrunner is Dave Filoni, who teamed up with John Favreau to do The Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. if you enjoyed that sort of that that sort of style of storytelling in a Star Wars context, then these shows are amazing because they're just that but animated. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then um, under you know because of your advice, I started watching Yellowstone, Chris, and excellent. I'm I'm already on season three, and yeah, it's it. When I try to tell people about it, it doesn't sound good, but it is. It's so good. It is so well written and so well acted. It it's just incredible. Um, so yeah, I'm in I'm in love with it. It's it's very addictive. It, it's one of those shows where you just have to watch the next episode every time. Um, and so I'm pretty sure I'm going to burn through all that's left of that show in uh, no time at all. But Excellent. Definitely, definitely would recommend it. And thank you for the recommendation. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Um, and speaking of that, let let's use that as a segue into our Ender's segment because this Sunday the first spinoff series of Yellowstone starts. Is it 1886? Is that what it's called? Um, so basically, it's the story of like the Duttons uh, settling in Montana. We saw a glimpse of it okay. in, in the in the season four pre- premiere. So Tim McGraw's in it. He's going to play like the the Dutton that settles in Montana. Um, his wife Faith Hill is 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 his wife in this in this show. Uh, Sam Elliott is apparently in it. You know, be- best mustache in the world. Um, <laughs> like a born cowboy. If any, if anyone was born to be a cowboy, it was Sam Elliott. 
Um, or a biker. He's a good biker, too. Um, I can't remember who else is in it, but yeah, they they did a scene in the season per, four premiere with them, um, which was awesome. So I'm I'm looking forward to it because I I love I love westerns I love that kind of stuff. Um, and Tim McGraw surprisingly is is a good actor. You know, I I don't know about Faith Hill. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, but Tim McGraw is pretty good. Um. And then there's another spin-off series that's coming, which is uh, The Four Sixes or something, I think it's called. It takes place in Texas. It's like a, a ranch in Texas. Um, which the showrunner, I think, actually bought. Um, so I don't know how far you guys have gone with Yellowstone, but uh, you know there's that guy that... Um, He's like the horse guy. He, sh you know, he's in a few episodes and he's doing all the horse tricks and stuff. Um, that's actually the showrunner of the show. Like he's not an actual cowboy, or maybe he is an actual cowboy. He turned into a showrunner, but he's just that good with with horses. Like, you were, yeah, you were talking about him the last time we did a podcast. Yeah, um, I haven't I haven't encountered his character yet, but I'm super super looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and he's funny on the show. Like, this season, he's, he's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, apparently he actually bought that ranch that they're going to be filming this new series at. Because um, Yellowstone is a real ranch, but it's not called Yellowstone. It's called something else, and it's owned by people. So you can actually go there um, on tours and stuff. And uh, and this is just from what my mom's told me, because uh, she's a super fan of Yellowstone. Um but you can actually stay, like, I forget how much she said. It was like two grand a night or something. You can actually stay mm. in the house that uh, that Rip and, and Beth have um, from the show. So, yeah. And, uh, and again, my source is my mother. Uh, she Googled it. And apparently that ranch is like only an eight-hour drive from where I live. So it's probably co closer for Jason, too. Um, to go there. So, yeah. Probably. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've reached the under segment. So I'm going to, I'm going to, now that moving beyond the Yellowstone talk, um, I got a couple of sad stories to, to talk about. So we'll get the, we'll get the, the heavier stuff out of the way, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, other things. So first up, since uh, the last episode that we recorded, um, Anne Rice passed away. So she was the uh, an American novelist, probably best known for her novel, 1976 novel, Interview with the Vampire. And that's how I know her. Great book. Yeah, that's how I know her best because I I love that movie. I never like I actually own the book. I bought it a few years ago. I was gonna sit down and read it, but I never got around to it. Um, but I love that movie, you know. And it's like because that's when Brad Pitt was really coming up, uh, you know, as the hunk of Hollywood or whatever. Like I know my sister had a big crush on him, and that was like one of her favorite movies. She used to like play it all the time, and I would just at the time I just roll my eyes and be like, "This is stupid," you know. I don't want to see pretty boys. <laughs> pretend to be vampires um it wasn't until uh I, I don't know the mid 2000s i actually sat down and watched the movie and i was like this is actually really good 
Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Tom Cruise is great. Brad Pitt is great. Kirsten Dunst, you know, I think that was, well, it wasn't her one first, of her ju- first roles. Like it was amazing. Her, one of her first film roles for sure. Cause I remember she was in yeah. TNG for an episode. Um, yeah, no, she'd been around, but this yeah. is one of her first, like big roles. And she did so good. You know, uh, playing bass, like, cause she's an adult trapped in a, in a child's body. Um, and you, and you really bought that. You really bought that. She was, you know, not a kid. Um, but yeah, you know, it, uh, fantastic movie. Um, and yeah, you know, like she's written, uh, you know, a lot of other horror stuff, you know, um, but, uh, Lillian, uh, do you know a little bit more about her books and, 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 I, I was a huge, like, I, I loved her vampire books. I loved all of them from Anne Rice. And then you jump into the others and I was really upset when they made queen of the damned. And of course, RIP to the amazing actress who was playing her and then died. But, um, they did that movie. No justice was terrible. There should have been more made, but unfortunately it bombed. Um, Anne Rice also wrote, I remember, I was really young, she wrote a book called Christ the Lord. Um, and it was a story about um, the life of Jesus Christ at the age of seven to eight and how it must have been at that time. And she delved into it from like the idea of what they did back then, their habits, their ways of doing things. Um, and I remember reading this book thinking, how is the woman who wrote Interview with a Vampire Slayer, like, legit writing this book on Jesus? And it's so good because it was such a good story. And I didn't know at the time that she was religious or that she had her own things. But she's written quite a few different types of books, not just from the horror genre, but from all over. And that's why when her son uh, wrote the, the that she had passed, um, you know, that he, he had commented that she was now on a journey of getting some spiritual answers because... And had recently, uh, in in 2010, she made a very public denunciation of the Catholic Church because she was like, I cannot. She's like, I'm keeping my faith. I can't deal with these bitter, bickering people. Mm -hmm. But um, and that's where as a fast, she's a fascinating person, fascinating character. Um, I'm very sad I never got to meet her. She had actually been at some conventions that when I was younger, I had an opportunity to go to Mm -hmm. and I didn't. And I will always regret that forever regret that. Uh, but um, if you haven't read her books, I definitely please give them a chance. They're awesome. I'm yeah, gonna, she yeah. was. Um, <laughs> yeah, she she was 80 years old, and unfortunately, she passed away from a stroke. Uh, but just reading quickly a little bit from her her obituary, um, was one of the foremost writers of supernatural fiction and author of more than 30 novels. The best known of them being her debut interview with the vampire published in 1976 and adapted into 1994 into a film starring Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and Kirsten Dunst. Her work became synonymous with deep romantic portrayals of vampires, witches, and revenant mummies. And she was one of the first authors to turn the trope of supernatural creatures as monsters to be vanquished on its head and put them in the role of protagonist, paving the way for later writers such as Stephanie Meyer and her Twilight Saga. So yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
I know she's written a lot about Tom Cruise's character, Lestat. Um, so I'm, I, I do want to read a little bit more, definitely, about what happened to his character um, after Interview with the Vampire. Um, all right. Um, and I have uh, more unfortunate news. Um, comics... Uh, Artist George Perez has announced his cancer diagnosis. Um, so uh, I'm just reading from an article here. Uh, George Perez announced he was retiring from comics in 2019 because um, he was he was having some issues uh, due to complications from diabetes, um, but now he has cancer, and I be- from what I understand, it's stage three. Um, prostate is a prostate cancer i can't remember um but basically uh the doctors have only given him you know basically a year you know at the most um and i guess the survival rate is not good for his cancer uh but he's announced it uh, i guess he's going to be going to a convention or two do you know doing some signings um and and yeah, it's it, it's it's terrible news. I think he's sixty seven years old. I believe um, he's one of my favorite comic book artists. Uh, like his, for me, I remember him drawing Future Imperfect, uh, the Incredible Hulk story with Peter David, um, and then also he helped to relaunch the Avengers in the late nineties with uh, Kurt, Kurt Busiek. Uh, but, I mean, he did the New Teen Titans in the 80s, um, which, you know, was basically the DC's rival to Marvel's X-Men. Um, he did the JLA uh, versus the Avengers, or JLA Avengers, in the early 2000s. Um, yeah, he, he's just... Uh, I've never met him personally, but from what I understand, he's a super nice guy. Super friendly. Uh, good to his fans. And it's unfortunate, you know, like uh, his prognosis, but kudos to him for, for throwing it out there. And, uh, and it's nice in a way that he did, because now all his fans are, are telling him like, we love you. You know, like it's, it, it's, um, he's, he's able to, uh, receive his accolades and receive uh you know his you know the praises that's that's due to him while he can still appreciate it and and i i think that's a good thing um so yeah it's it's really really sad to you know that uh one of the greats um is going to be leaving us um and i know i i heard someone say once that um there's really two, because George Perez, not only is he an incredible artist, and not only did he influence a lot of other artists, um, he's also a great ambassador for comic books. I've heard people say that, um, you know, Stan Lee, of course, was, you know, the ambassador for comic books, uh, but George Perez was, like, a close second. Like, he loves comic books, he loves helping new artists and writers, you know, he just loves the, the medium so much. 
and and he speaks so highly of it and um you know it it, it it's really too bad that uh you know i mean cancer sucks you know no matter who it is but um even and like i said it's weird like I, i've never met george Perez, but like you know i'm such a big fan of his work you know it, it feels like you know um losing a family member kind of you know like when when stan died um it felt like you know i lost a grandpa or something um and yeah this, and that's kind of how i'm feeling with george perez like it just is yeah it's it's sad um but anyway does anyone have any anything they want to add or uh, any comments about well if we're doing george? sad stuff right now um well, I'm sorry. I, I, anything to add? Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking, of George, right now. Does anyone have anything to add for George, like Kev or or, or Ragnar or Jason? You, you mentioned some of the stuff that he did, but like New Teen Titans, Rose comics, and you're right, it was mm-hmm. DC's answer to X Men and just as popular. And hey, here's teenage and young twenty superheroes and not only are their battles amazing but the relationships between them and a more mature storyline and not talking down to readers then there's crisis on infinite earths which Mm. completely redoes all of dc and dc keeps coming back to then there's infinity gauntlet which is one of marvel's biggest stories ever and then in turn inspires a movie which changes film forever Mm -hmm. you know what what we can expect from movies then finally after years and years and years we get jla avengers where he draws everyone that's ever been in the justice league and everyone that's ever been in the avengers in a giant fight any comic artist that has ever lived would kill to do one of those books, which will be remembered for all of time. George Perez did all four. Yep. <laughs> and then that early 2000s Avengers one, when, when they came back, the first issue, they're like, well, who's going to be on the Avengers team? So everyone that's been an Avenger shows up in that first issue, and they're having a big meeting and everything. And then Morgan LeFace shows up and transports them all back into medieval times. Every Avenger that's in this meeting, which is every Avenger. George Press decides to take it upon himself to go, well, if they're in medieval times, they, they're going to look kind of silly. So every Avenger that's there, he redraws in a period-appropriate costume and created like 50, 60 new costumes for all of these characters. Mm-hmm. It was just the regular Avengers book. It wasn't a giant crossover. It wasn't to make more toys or whatever. It's just like, you know, if we're going to do the story, let's do it right. Yep. Um, one of my favorite things I found out later in life is, now, I don't know what it is, and it doesn't matter, but apparently George Perez and his wife enjoyed attending certain fetish cons. Mm. I don't know what his kink is, doesn't matter so he would schedule his comic convention appearances around when these fetish cons <laughs> were and try to schedule ones that were in the same city so he could do both <laughs> which is just <laughs> fantastic so i mean 
I, I don't know what it was. Doesn't really matter. But just, man, go out and enjoy life, George. <laughs> that sounds great. Yep. Um, it, it sounds like he thought he was doing better because he lost sight in one of his eyes. Yeah. And when he was doing good, he would open up commissions and say, hey, I, I think I feel good enough. I could probably do like 10 commissions this month or whatever it might be. Um, so he was feeling good. He opened up and then he got this diagnosis and immediately he and his agent said, well, we got to refund everyone their money. Like this yep. isn't going to happen. You're not, you're not going to spend the last year of your life drawing all these commissions. You're going to enjoy it. So they knew if they started refunding money and said, George Perez is in poor health, the story is going to break out. So they did this press release you know, earlier in the week, last week, whatever, to kind of control the narrative of it, which makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, there's a big movement that uh, fans want Marvel and DC to kind of put everything to the side and reprint JLA Avengers with the majority of the profits going to George Press. Yes. And it Please. sounds like, a, yep, a lot of people are saying, okay, we want to do this and we agree but as we move it up the ladder here is when we're going to have might find problems. But it's sounding like everyone wants to do it and is keen on the idea. Just, you know, you got to drop the paperwork for it and everything. And you got two big companies owned by two even bigger companies. Yep. But hey, he's got six months to a year, like fast track this. Yep. Even if it just covers funeral costs and everything, it's worth it. Um, he hasn't announced what convention or conventions he'll appear at, but he says he wants to give everyone a chance to say goodbye, pretty much. Yeah. Like, he wants to see fans one last time. If it's on the East Coast, I'm seriously debating it. Or, like, you I'm, know, you, you could just figure out what fetish event is on at the same time and go <laughs> meet him that way. <laughs> which which one has cheaper tickets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it, it would so so be worth it to to do that. Um, and I was thinking about this too. I I, I hope you know that like whoever is planning this, like whether it be George or, or you know whoever the convention, just limit it one one signing to per person. Um, oh, absolutely! You don't need someone coming up with a stack of like twenty. Yeah, no, it's all for personal bullshit. It is. Yeah, I hate when people do that. Oh, that drives me nuts. Um, you know, like I remember, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, being 2011 Calgary Comic Con, um, being in line, because um, I, I got an autograph from Jimmy Palmiotti. And I just got, like, because I had a, a picture of Power Girl drawn by Amanda Connor. Because they were, you know, because they're a couple or whatever. Their uh, mm -hmm. tables are beside each other. So I got Amanda Connor. And Amanda Connor's got to be, like, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life at a convention. She's super, super nice. Super sweet. Uh, Jimmy, nice guy, too. Like, really nice guy. I got him to sign, you know, my Power Girl picture, um, which is on my in my living room. Um and then the guy behind me literally pulls up with like this rolling cooler and literally <laughs> lays like a stack down and you could tell Jimmy was like ugh you know and and kudos to him he he signed him he sat there and signed him um but 
it's and it's like the guy wasn't even like I don't know like if he was socially awkward or shy or or but he just didn't seem grateful. It's like, dude, like this guy's literally signing a stack. You know, you should I don't know. Like he just didn't seem like grateful about it. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, George Perez doesn't have to deal with guys like that, you know. Yeah. Um quick quick thing for Ragnar there, just because of all the shows you do and everything. Do you know the difference between a vendor pass at a comic convention versus a vendor pass at a fetish convention? <laughs> um at a at a comic convention the vendor pass is on a lanyard. At a fetish convention it's on a choker. Oh, that's a good one, man. Well, at least at least we were able to lighten this up. Thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> um I'll, I'll bring light perversions to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lillian, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You you wanted to throw something in for Enders. Oh no! Just because you had been mentioning this, and I was like, uh, the creator of Transformers just passed away. Oh really? Oh, oh. I didn't even see that. Yeah, uh, the, he the the gentleman who created the toy line, which then spawned the TV series and everything, um, passed away today at the age of ninety something. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good run. Um. All right. Uh. So I have a few other things, and then if anyone else has anything, please by all means. Um. So Kevin and Jason, you you, you are uh, the American contingent uh, on tonight's uh, episode. Have you guys ever heard of Tim Beebs? Sounds oh familiar. my god! Tim I, I just no, it, yesterday. You're you're close. Yeah, I know what this oh. is. Oh. Yeah. So um, in like I, I don't know if you guys ever been to to a Tim Hortons, uh, Jason and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Um. <laughs> uh. Less. Oh my God! How long? Jeez. Uh. I went to Toronto many many years ago, and there's a a Tijos or a Pizza Pizza or both on literally every corner in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then because uh, I'm so close to Canadian border, there's a couple gas stations that actually have Tim Hortons inside of them. Uh. Because we're so close. Hmm. So uh, and some Tim bits, which is not what yep. you're talking about, though. No, it 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 is in a it's way. Close. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and at Tim Hortons, um, we have uh, basically the middles of a donut. They're called Tim bits, little little round balls of of donut. Um, so Tim Hortons has teamed up with Canadian icon uh, Justin Bieber to create Tim Beeb. So basically, it's Justin Bieber has come up with um, different types of Timbits that you can buy at Tim Hortons. Um, and Am I hating this already? Well, yeah. the, I was too <laughs> until I actually tried them, and I'm like, God damn, these are good. Because um, I don't know. Like, I, like, like um, you know, Tim Hortons is, you know, a staple in Canada. It's, you know, like every Canadian has, you know, been to Tim Hortons and is, you know, it's kind of required requirement for, uh, 
to be a citizen, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta sing O Canada and you have to go to Tim Hortons at some point in your life. Um, but the thing is, you know, like Timbits, I, I love them every once in a while. Like I'll go, I'll, I'll pick up a box and, uh, drop it off at my sister's for, for my nephews and my niece, you know, they love them, but they're so boring now. Like, you know, cause they don't change them up ever really. Um, so when, when, yeah. So when I saw the, the, uh, the commercial for, uh, Justin Bieber making Timbits, I was like, really? Um, and then I actually got some and I'm like, damn, these are actually really good. Um, and from, and Justin Bieber actually isn't that bad. Like in terms of, uh, um, you know, being, uh, uh, an artist and, and, and songwriter and stuff. Um, he is actually pretty talented that way. Um, you know, but I think he got a bad rap for, you know, kind of, you know, some of the shenanigans that he's pulled, uh, since becoming a celebrity. Um, but then I remember the interview that George R. R. Martin did, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, it's 10 years and he still hasn't released, uh, Winds of Winter. Um, he's been working on it, but yet, you know, you always see him at conventions, you always see him at, and, you know, he's doing this, you know, he's going here, he's going there, he's going to this premiere, he's, you know, um, giving a lecture at this college. Um, but he, he did this one at one of the colleges or universities and he said, you know, I didn't be really become a celebrity until I was in my sixties. So when I see kids like Justin Bieber losing their minds and, you know, acting out the way they do, I totally get it because if I was that age and I had the money and celebrity I have now, I would be going crazy. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I never used to like Justin Bieber, but, uh, based on Tim Biebs, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm liking the, I'm liking the Biebs. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. If you're near Tim Hortons, get some Tim Biebs. Um, all right. Uh, does anyone else have any enders they wanted to throw out there? Any geek news? No? Okay. No. I, 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 I got a couple things we, uh, that I'll throw out there real quick. Uh, we mentioned it in the earlier in the podcast that Cowboy Bebop has been canceled. Um, which is, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't watch the live, like, I haven't watched the anime either. Uh, so I know a lot of people were upset with the live action. To me, it looked like it was going to be fun. But when I found out it was canceled, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch it now because I, what if I love it? And then I'm like, fuck, now it's canceled. Or it's Firefly all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> like, because originally when Firefly aired, I never watched it. Like, it, it just, I don't know. Like, I just missed it. Like, I knew of it, but I never watched it. Um, and then they had the movie come out, Serenity, and I actually watched that first, and I loved that movie. I was like, damn, this is good. Like, this is, you know, you know, I'd like more of this. Oh, well, it's based on a show called Firefly. I'm like, I vaguely remember that, but, and then I went out 
and bought the DVD. And I'm like, shit, this was awesome. And they canceled it. And now I want more, but it's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, should I... I'm thinking avoid Cowboy Bebop live action unless it unless they are able to save it somehow. Maybe Amazon will pick it up, you know, because that does happen. Like things get canceled and Amazon picks it up, you know, like The Expanse. You know, thank God they did because. Um, oh, did you watch uh, the first episode of season six? No, I haven't. Uh, it's out. I know, I know. Like I've been so busy. And like that, like I said, I was doing that rewatch of the the Shield, and like I, 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 I had to keep going. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop for anything. Um, so that that I am probably gonna watch that tomorrow. Um, so maybe Cowboy Bebop will be picked up, but if it's not, I don't know if I'm gonna actually watch it because I just, I don't want my heart broken, and I don't want my time wasted. So like if if I hate it, then I'll be like, why was I? Why did I watch this if I knew it was canceled? But, and uh, another thing that I want to throw out there is the Wheel of Time. Apparently they, they uh, announced this before the season premiered, but I didn't actually know this. Um, it is renewed for season two. Um, yeah. is, is, is anyone... I've been enjoying it. Have you guys... Yeah. Have you? Okay, because I watched the first three episodes and I was like, I'm kind of bored. Does, does it get See, better? I didn't, think, well, I didn't think the first episode was all that great. But after that, from the second one, I thought it was pretty good, and, and I'm quite enjoying it. Okay, um, okay. I I enjoyed like the last segment when they brought in the those orc beast things. Like, I, yeah, I never cool. watched the series, and I'm a completely novice to it. But yeah, I was kind of bored in the first half. But I, when I don't... the city, I was just like, holy crap! Like what? <laughs> like it went from zero to sixty real fast. Well, then yeah, we better give it another shot, because I know my hubby and I, we watched the first episode, and he was like, eh, eh. Well, I, I feel okay. like if you, I think <laughs> if you make it to the third episode and you still don't love it, don't bother going any further. All right, then we're definitely going to have to give it a shot. Um, I don't think it's amazing. It's it's not, it didn't blow me away, and I'm not like, oh my god, when's the next one come out? When's the next one come out? i got to watch it. But I am enjoying it. It's good. And, um, you know, there's a lot of bad fantasy out there, and it's not bad. It just doesn't quite feel, it doesn't feel like they gave it the A treatment. Mm, yeah. it, it clearly has a huge budget, but it doesn't quite feel like it. It kind of feels a little bit low budget somehow. Everything's going over to the Lord of the Rings. It's it's Yeah, which <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's going to low hard but uh we'll see we'll see they're they're putting everything they have into it so i yeah. don't know man well i think part of it was everyone like was hyping it up saying this is the next game of thrones so i was expect yeah. i was expecting like season stop. one of game of thrones and then it wasn't that so maybe no. yeah maybe my expectations have been too high because like you know, season one, Game of Thrones, like, episode one, Game of Thrones, that first scene with the White Walkers, like, that was it. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was sold. I'm like, and it was so awesome. Like, I didn't even finish watching the rest of the episode because, like, um, my wife uh, is not a big fantasy person. 
and, and to be honest, like I'm not a huge fantasy person either. But, like Game of Thrones kind of brought me and Lord of the Rings, of course, uh, into the fantasy genre. Um, but after I saw that first scene, I literally because this is like I de- like DVR no, yeah DVR, yeah like I recorded it on a disc, <laughs> and I, <laughs> you know this is pre uh, PVR and uh, <laughs> streaming. Um, I I literally rewound it and I was like I called my wife in because I was watching in our in our bedroom. I'm like you have to watch this first scene, and she was sold. Like we were we were hooked from that first scene and right to the end of the series. Unfortunately, it didn't end. You know anyway. I'm not I'm not going into that. Um. So yeah, like when people were talking about this being the next Game of Thrones, that's what I was expecting. Oh, but. No. But, you know, like, I didn't hate it. Like, the, you know, I watched the first three episodes, and I'm like, eh, you know, like, 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 it was, yeah, like you said, Ragnar, it's not like I was like, oh, my God, i got to see the next episode. Um, whereas, like, so, you know, honestly, like, when we do our year-end discussion episode, like, I think WandaVision's going to be high up there for me, because that was one that I was like, I had to see the next episode as soon as it dropped type of thing. Because I wanted to know what was what was going to happen, but wheel of time, I, I'm just not getting those same vibes. But I'll I'll, con- I'll continue. Like based on what you're saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with it. Because we gotta, you know, you know, like even if it's not the greatest, as long as it's good, we gotta support these fantasy projects. Otherwise, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna stop they trying make anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's like I I mean I've seen all the episodes that are out so far and I I would rate it at a solid 3.5 out of 5. Okay. That's good. So, yeah. It's not it's not great, but it's not terrible. And it it has potential and there are moments in each episode that are really great. Just as a whole, I don't know, just doesn't feel like they gave it the A treatment. I'm not I'm not sure if the you know, if the problem is the writing or the acting or the directing or the budget, I'm not quite sure. But you know, it could it could also get way better. Like if it does, if season one does really well, then they'll pour more money into season two, and it could be better. Yeah, you know, that, there that are is some, true. There are some shows where you see that season one is good, and then season two is like, whoa, um, hard hard to say, but. I don't know. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, and you know that, and it's a nice palate cleanser in between my incessant Star Wars cartoon binging and Yellowstone, which is like super dramatic and very tense. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, I need a break from Star Wars. I don't have the attention span for Yellowstone. Oh, I'll watch Wheel of Time. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, well, real quickly, uh, you guys mentioned it earlier in the episode, The Witcher, is it worth watching? I haven't watched oh, the yeah. first season. Okay. Oh, yeah. However, it's, you it's do really need confusing. to go, when you go into The Witcher, you need to understand that The Witcher is not based off of a generic book. Um, it is based off of, was it a comic series or it was a graphic novel or one of those? No, it, it, was a, it was not. Season one is, is based on the short stories. It is a short story, but the short stories were compiled from something. Oh, there was, I had to go because my little sister was so confused because, oh, um, 
that was it. So they are compiled something you can read. However, the series does not give you answers. So you are going to jump into this TV show and they're not going to give you anything. Like it took me until episode, I think two or three, it, to like figure out what was going on. Yeah, it's it's time not, the best it's way to true. explain season one is like a Quentin Tarantino style story. It's like mm-hmm. you get one segment of a story in the beginning and you get two other stories happening simultaneously, but the, yet there's a time jump. But at the end of it all, it all comes to the head. It does. And, and uh, yeah, but you do have yeah. to, if you want to know more, you're not going to get it from the show. You're going to have to go read the short stories. Um, and even then, reading the short stories is not always the easiest. <laughs> but there's so Re- good. Reading the short stories, which if you go to like a bookstore, the first book in the series is all the short stories. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but you can figure it out in two seconds on Google. Um, if you watch season one and you're like, "Hey, I liked it, but I'm confused," read read some of those, and then you'll be like, "Oh, I got it." Yep. Essentially, yeah. Uh, but, but don't expect the show to give it to you. But overall, it's good, and for me, it reminded me a lot of a more modern, you know, modern special effects and such, but it reminded me a lot of watching the old Conan movies. Because mm-hmm. it's like, this is, technically this isn't good, but I'm freaking loving it, and I want to just keep watching more. So, and, and I've watched it two or three times through, and I still feel that way. So, right. I, I'd recommend it, but okay. the first season, it's it's not told in chronological order, and it gets confusing. You meet characters, then you see them die, and then they're back again, and it's like, what the hell's going on? It's and that, the last witch is the novel. Thank you. Yeah, and then you have seasons of the storms, and yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't. I don't normally like Henry Cavill as an actor. This is actually the first thing I saw him in where I'm like, whoa. Okay, I don't hate this guy anymore. <laughs> My little sister had the same thing. She could not stand him in anything, nope. especially like Superman and all that. You put him in this, him. and it's like. And I finally okay. saw him in this. I'm like, whoa, this he's guy's fucking talking. awesome. See, he's, he's so cool. See, and and I like Henry Cavill. Like, I I actually liked him as Superman. I it's just oh, the the writing and and stuff was bad. Like, I I thought like he himself was a good choice to be a Superman. Um, it's just unfortunately he was in crappy movies. Um, and he was in the Tudors, and I I really like yeah, the Tudors. Yeah, he was okay in those. Yeah, yeah, like he was one of my favorites in that. That was um, the first place I ever saw him, and I swear that was where I first fell in love with him. Yeah, isn't he, that where we first saw um what's Nat- her name who was Nat- in Game of Thrones? Natalie Dormer. Yep. Natalie yeah. Dormer, isn't that where we first Because she played Anne Boleyn. Yep. That's right. That's and, right. And you get, oh, I love that. That was such a good show. And and you get to see her naked in that show, which is fantastic. Boobies! <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. I think Toddler sitting beside and, me was like, what about boobies? And I mean, you you, you think she's a seductress in, in Game of Thrones. You got to see her as Anne Boleyn. Like, whoa. Yep. It's yep. so good. It's... And it's so good. No, and Henry Cavill's just the biggest nerd as well, so I just love him. But yeah, 
yeah, that's what I meant by the stories are not traditional. Like they are short stories. and They're not like a traditional novel, but enjoy it. My little sister hated it. She's like, I should not have to go read a book to understand a TV series. See, and I mean, all they, all they would have needed to do is just put in a little cards like, you know, 1900 and then later on. 1935, later on, yeah. 2000. And if they'd just done that, it'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. I had but to go to Reddit. Because they I didn't to... do that, man, it, it got confusing at times. Yeah, and, the, <laughs> like, I, I don't mind reading up on things while watching a show, because that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why I was so passionate about Game of Thrones, is because, you know, I'd read up on it, and I'd find out things, and I would, you know, I bought the you know, the encyclopedia and all that kind of stuff and all the world building, like all the, you know, and I, and I loved watching Game of Thrones because every once in a while you'd hear a throwaway line about, you know, some place or whatever. And you're like, okay, I know what they're talking about. They're talking, you know, like I, I don't mind doing the extra reading in order to enjoy a show. Um, so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to check it out because uh, I, I, I just, didn't for whatever reason when it came out i just i don't know maybe i you know i felt burned from game of thrones so i was hating on fantasy mm-hmm. i i I'm, maybe that was we all it. felt burned by games of thrones okay we all felt burned. yeah yeah although i was on tiktok yesterday and i saw this girl was doing like her reaction to watching the red wedding for the first time <laughs> i was like oh dear god yeah those are yeah, yeah. i love those videos when 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 that initially happened um, because I knew what was gonna, I knew what was ha- gonna happen because oh, yeah. I had read up, uh, but my wife didn't, and I really I wish didn't I, know. I, I wish I would have filmed it. I do, because it was kind of you know for me like like first season Game of Thrones like I never read up on it. I didn't know anything about it, and when they killed Ned Stark, I was like, I literally turned my wife. I'm like, did they just kill him? And she's like, yeah, I think they did. I'm like, what? You know, like, uh, that's like killing Tony well, Soprano. Like, <laughs> They definitely kept it up with the whole, you know, Sean Bean does not live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, poor bastard. And then apparently, like, in, in this quick tangent, in, in real life, like, he got into a bar fight or something and got stabbed. And then he just ordered another drink. Like before, instead of going yeah. to the hospital, um, yeah, there, there was something like that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's like I don't know. I guess he thinks he's invincible in real life. I I don't know, but he's I don't still, know. He's still I, alive. I know Sean Bean from um, the Sharp. Uh, he was in a show called. With the, the, I have this series of books, The Sharp Books, and he played which 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 throws back to the um, Viking series that we were talking about earlier. It's the same author. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, Bernard Bernard Cornwell. He wrote oh, the shark is... books. Oh. And he wrote the. I love um, that you know what the shark yeah. books are. I love you. Oh. Yeah, I can't think of the name of the Viking ones right now. The Last Kingdom. He wrote those oh. books. Yep. I, see, also... I was going to ask you actually when you were talking about the Last a... Kingdom because I have started and started series. that series so many times. Yeah, he also did a really good uh, King Arthur series and a pretty good series about um, an archer. During the Hundred Years' War. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. He's he's sort of the big name in historical fiction. So. He, is, he is a beast. I love him. And now yeah. I have to go give The Last Kingdom, like, another try. 
Yeah. Well, read the book first. The book's great. That's a good idea. Excellent. All right. I'm gonna... Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we got for for Enders. Um, but before we go, let's play that little game of where can we find you on the internet? And Jason, where can we find you, sir? Well, as always, uh, nerdylifeofmine.com. It's my little my little corner of the interwebs. You know, I just share every day little tidbits and what have you. And then uh, currently, Twitter handle is, um, oh, God, what the hell is it? Uh, Nerdy Viking 42. Wow, that was a chore. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Lillian, where can we find you? You can find me on, well, actually, I'm kind of stuck at the moment because normally I'm like, am I still doing my ADHD thing? I have no clue my age. But anyways, you can find me on Twitter um, at Talking Squirrel. That's without an A. It's a squirrel says what? Um, and on, that's, we're just going to leave it at that for now. We're just, oh, um, yeah, no, just just stalk me on Twitter. I have no followers. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Kev, where can we find you, sir? All right, you can find my site is masslibrary.com at masslibrary across most social medias. And I also do podcasts and articles over at the Retro Network. Excellent. And Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Well, my main website, RagnarTheTrader.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as RagnarTheTrader. And if you're in the Edmonton area this weekend coming up, Saturday and Sunday, it is my very last trade show of the year. And with all the pandemic crap going on, it could be my last show for who knows how long. Um, So, yeah, I'm at the original Edmonton Witches Market. It is a free show, and every single thing on my table will be on sale. Original Witches Market, and where where is that at? Uh, it's at uh, Bellevue Community Hall. In, in, I believe that's in North Edmonton. Okay, um, I'm gonna try and make it. I'm like I'm like I said, we're going in to watch the Spider-Man mo- uh, movie, so I'm gonna try. We'll try and swing by. Oh, possible. sweet. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you an invite. Excellent. I, I got my niece, my nephew with me, so I can't guarantee, but I'm going to try. Um, cool, man. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, uh, well, oh, I totally blanked on what the hell I was going to say. I got busy. I, <laughs> I, I was writing down. I was writing down what Ragnar was was saying, and uh, completely lost track of what. I was going to. Do. I think oh. you need to tell us where we can find you on the internet. Well, yeah. you, well, you can find me here. Like I, I'm always here. Like you know, like when you got <laughs> when you guys leave, I'm just I'm just here at, at this yeah at this spot. <laughs> like I'm I'm like it's like a nebulous void that I just wait for you guys to show up and then I can have someone to talk to. Um. So yeah, uh, we, our upcoming episode, uh, we're doing a best of 2021. That'll be the next episode of the Pop Culture Pub. Um, you know, it'll either be before New Year's or after New Year's because, you know, it, it's a crazy time of year. So, um, you know, we're planning on having this episode before New Year's, uh, but it might not work out that way. We don't know. It might not happen. It might. Who knows? Um, 
And then, you know, uh, you can go to randomnerdness.blogspot.com to check out my blog. Sometimes I blog there. Um, I got some groups on Facebook, uh, the Pop Culture Pub Podcast group, um, Outer Spaces, which is a space group, uh, the Incredible Fans of the Incredible Hulk. If you're a Hulk fan, good place to hang out. And uh, Lockhart's uh, Masters of the Universe group. That's that's me. I'm I'm Lockhart, uh, and I'm a He-Man fan. So uh, you can check those out all on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at ChrisLock1701. Um, and like I said, so uh, our next episode of the Pop Culture Pub will be the best of 2021, whether it's in 2021 or 2022, early January. Uh, we're going to be covering such topics as best comic, best new comic, best podcast or audiobook, best book. Best TV series, best new TV series, best TV episode, best movie, best actress, TV or film, best actor, TV or film, and best moment in pop culture in 2021. Uh, and as always, we will have our brain candy and ender segment on that episode. All right. On behalf of all of us here at the Pop Culture Pub, this was the 2021 Chris Lockhart Christmas special, which is... I think my 10th Christmas special that I've done. 9th or 10th, I can't remember. Um, and I should point out, I am drinking eggnog and rum right now in celebration of Christmas. So um, math is not working right now in my head. Um, so yeah, there was me, there was Kevin, Ragnar, Lillian, Jason. And we want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk about christmas and 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 a shout out to dave kish uh the boys at trek 1701 um and yeah everyone that was a part of this uh christmas special hope you enjoyed it and we will see you again in the not too distant future you know dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen comet and cupid and donner and blitzen but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer you go down in history
off the red-nosed reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph with your nose so bright Won't you guide my sleigh tonight Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer you go down in history. Quick, quick thing, Chris, to tell you, and I'll tell everyone here. Okay. Um, I was sharing previous episodes on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tagging it from my feed and all. And I got notifications from Facebook that it had been flagged for inappropriate content. Uh-oh. I posted a second one. It said, you've now been flagged twice. If you are flagged three times, we will block your Facebook account. Really? And I thought, what the heck for? So I'm going through your show notes. I'm going through the links. I'm going through everything. And eventually I go through the Facebook, like, to argue with it. And it says, your link has been banned because it solicits a sexual uh, request. What? What? Yeah, so so now I'm going through, like, the ads that show up on the site, like, anything else. I'm thinking, what are they finding? Yeah. So I fought it, and within an hour it was, oh, we, we made a mistake. I'm like, yeah, you think? <laughs> My God, Chris, what have you been doing? Well, I was going to say, like, I, 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 I share it to Facebook all the time, and I've I've never been flagged. Yeah, I, that's I a new never one. I it either. For some reason that day it, it kept flagging me. Weird. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you spreading the yeah. word. Like that, that's good. Well, yeah. I'm thinking there was probably like a, a pop-up ad connected to Podbean or something like that. One yeah. Oh, could something stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do list the podcast as explicit because you know if people want to swear, you know I'm I'm like you know I I believe yeah we people can you know free speech like say what you want to say like you know. If, if it gets too out of hand, I'll edit it out, but, yeah. But, I mean, we, you know, we also talk about adult stuff. Like, this is not a, this is not a podcast for kids. Definitely not. No, no definitely not. No. But, um. I'm a giant child at heart, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's for, it's for us. It's, it's for, you know, the, you know, the, the geeks that, that grew up with, with the stuff that we talk about. You know, that, that's what this podcast is all about.